hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Only podcast with Park One superstar Matt Gerrard and myself, John Phipps. It's a bit of a Welling special this week as we speak to the manager of Welling United and the chairman of the new kids on the block who are taking the Southern Counties East League Division 1 by storm, Welling Town. Before we get into it though, let's give Matt another quick chance to talk about his running escapades, which hopefully you all heard about on our BBC Radio Kent show on Monday night. And if not, do please listen again because the package about the run is frankly... Brilliant. And, and Matt, you've been out running again since then already. Yeah, I went for a, a spin around the block, uh, 20 minutes off yesterday. So uh, I'm trying to keep it out. As I say, when it rains and gets a bit dark, I might not do. But I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'll be at the um, uh, Pegwell Bay run on Saturday. So to do another one. Yeah, so uh, yeah, um, maybe I looked in the mirror, maybe I lost a few pounds as well, which is always a good sign. So uh, yeah, it's always good to be healthy, you know. Um, I thought maybe rather than sit on my backside. Um, yeah, so yeah, I'm enjoying it. And how are you, John, all right? Living the dream? Yeah, living the dream as always, yeah. Quite quite weary. I've not had much sleep because I've been doing lots of various different jobs in various different places. I mean, I get home at various different hours. But yeah, everything's all right. Yeah, not too bad. Uh, anything on me? Um, I presume you'll be uh, loving The Apprentice. I know you're a big fan of that. I think that starts tonight. Not a farcical show that should have ended after Series 3. It does start tonight. I will be trying to watch it, but I am working out and about and um, we've got a real crisis with our um, planner at the moment because we've just got so much television to watch and I can tell you that my other half is sat here. She's just found out that The Apprentice starts tonight from your message, Matt, and I would say a gog is the look on her face. Um, it's going to be quite some time before we uh, before we get round to that, I'd imagine, but it's one of those ones you can't let it run away from you or else you'll be in all sorts of bother. Right, so I've got, got into the bake-off this week, so this series, so I'm watching that, but The Apprentice should have been put down at birth a long time ago. It's just cheap television from the BBC, I think, with full of basically idiots, so there you go. But that's what makes it entertaining. We're going, to talk about, we're going to talk about music this week, aren't we? We were, yeah, go, go on. You, what was well, your well, question? Well, I always thought, well, you, I know you go on about Biffy Clyro, and I thought that was like a... Um, uh, sort of a reggae band from that, but clearly it's not. And somebody just laughed in the office. I've never. They said it was like a bloke um, trying to think of a, a like for like singer, uh, like Mark. Uh, who did the Return of the Mac blokes? So right, Mark okay. Morrison. I thought it was a bit like that. I thought that's what I thought Bimmy Glyro was, but it's more grungy stuff, isn't it? You're really down with the kids, aren't you? Well, when the Biffy Glyro, it sounds like a bloke's name, doesn't it? So. Well, when were they come out? Mid two thousands, are they? Uh, th- yeah, the first album was two thousand and two, so they've been around, and then they've got kind of got big since two thousand and oh, I suppose the two thousand nine album was quite big, and then since then they've just got bigger and bigger, and, and get a lot more play on the radio. But no, it's not a reggae band like Mark Morrison, which isn't even reggae anyway. And uh, but yeah, I always thought it was. I always thought it was that. So no, yeah, you, you, you on the way back, you, you did put it on your car, and I wasn't that impressed, mate. So I didn't you know, think you but my be. music taste. So what, what's, what's your sort but, you of know, case? So it's, on... it's all take that and boys own in your house, isn't it? Yeah, well, back in the day, I, I like a bit of Britpop, mate. That's my sort of time. So, and I was going to ask you, what is your top five songs of all time? Is that that's putting you on the spot? To be fair. Okay, so I have actually been thinking about this because I kind of was expecting this question. So. I can't really put them in any order, but there's a couple of Biffy songs in there. So there's a song called "Just Boy" by Biffy Clyro. And a song called, a song called Different People by Biffy Clyro. Um, You're the number one fan, I reckon. I would say um, a, 
Half Light by Athlete is one of my favourite songs of all time. I've heard of Athlete, but I don't know the song. And um, the Manic Street Preachers, kind of at the moment, I keep listening to um, Little Baby Nothing, because I saw the Manics in May, and they were brilliant, and that song's just stuck in my head. So that one's up there at the moment. And then probably... Um, fifth one, maybe Everlong by the Foo Fighters. There you go. There's, there's a top five for you. What about you? Oh, I don't know any of them. Uh, George Harrison, My Sweet Lord. Do you remember the first... I've talked... Clearly, I've got this off my head, so I must talk about it. Do you remember the first time Pulp? Uh, def- uh, Slide Away Oasis. Oh, we got, I've got others as well. Uh, paperback writer... Uh, no, uh, Playback Writer and one, uh, Something by The Beatles. That's five, isn't it? There you go. Yeah. Oh, might might a bit more probably mainstream from that point. But I was watching the documentary Eric Clapton the other day, so it was bizarrely late night it came on and that was, you know, some of it wonderful tonight is a, a bit of an old romantic the old song, saying clearly there. That's a different things like that, but there's some tunes on that. But yeah, Oasis has always been my... Uh, uh, number one band, so uh, on that score, but that's pretty mainstream. But I'm a big fan of the Oasis, so yeah, probably about the right age, really. So, what 43? Yeah, they were, they were big in the mid 90s when I was trying to be hip and trendy. Yeah, I, I should also say I, I completely forgot to mention Feeder there, who are a band that I've, I've always loved from from uh, many years ago. And, and I was prompted by someone who was in the same room as me to point out that Mr. Brightside by the Killers is also one of my favorite songs as well. <laughs> I don't know if you heard that or not, but uh, that's not the case. Um, anyway, it's our 52nd episode this week, so we now have one episode for every card in the deck. So this one is the Six of Diamonds, because why not? And the one for each card in the deck is also the premise of one of my favourite books, Matt. We're going all cultural today, where comedian Dave Gorman tracks down 52 other fellas called Dave Gorman. You ever read that one? Yeah, I've read that I- I think I went to, did I see, that was on the telly, I went to see him in one of his ones, I think it was the one um, at the Leadership Hall where he did the Google, we could, he was trying to get the Google but with one, trying to Google something but you only got one response, is yeah. that right? Google whack, yeah. So yeah, yeah, so yeah, uh, that guy, I used to do quite a few things for our kids, now we don't do anything. No. It's cultural events like that, so uh, yeah, so no, yeah, yeah, I read he was with that Danny bloke, Danny, Danny Wallace, Danny yeah. somebody. But, but then they fall out, but that was a bit like that. So yeah, yeah. but they don't really have them on uh, mainstream telly these days. They're on the digital channel, Dave and stuff like that. Those are, yeah, well, Dave Gorman's done a lot of um, a lot. He's done about five or six series of his program on Dave, um, which is really really good. Modern life is goodish, and um, he's toured things similar to that a couple of times. And he's actually playing in Margate on. Well, playing, performing in Margate on October the 26th, and I actually have tickets, so I'll be going to see him then. All right. I, I, I wanted to go, I mentioned before, Romish Ranganathan. I'd like to go and see him, but I don't think, he's doing a big tour, but, you know, I can't bother to go to London, so if they don't come to Folkestone or, um, Folkestone or Margate, I don't really go anywhere else apart from that, so, um, yeah, so, oh, interesting, you do, you do get about, John, any other pop concerts coming up, we can... Publicise? Uh, do you know what? I haven't actually got any other gigs lined up at the moment. I've got a lot of events going on though. Well, we're going on a um, we're going on a for a very fancy meal on an open top bus around London on Friday night. So there, there there's a good one for you. That's what, I, I've got the panto to look forward to. In December. Oh no, you haven't. 
Oh, yes, we can use that. Yeah, Panto at the Marlow. And if anybody is into Panto, go for the one in the Marlow because it's absolutely brilliant. So uh, I look forward to that. I think that's the only thing I've got coming up, is it? Apart from going to football on Saturday and see us get tongs everywhere. That's, that's the only highlight of my life coming up, really. Well, I suppose weekend. after eight minutes of that, we should actually start talking about football now, shall we? Yeah, um, that's probably a good idea, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're going to start this week in the National League South, where Welling United are flying high after an excellent away win at Bath City on Saturday. Third in the table, the Wings are going great guns under new manager Steve King. And I caught up with him on Tuesday afternoon when, as you will hear, he was on his way to Chester to watch Saturday's FA Cup opponents, Hereford, in action. Must be so pleased with how things have started for well in this season. Yeah, over the moon, yeah. It's been a big transition in the summer, changed a lot of players. Um, and yeah, the team's coming together nicely. And obviously going to Bath on Saturday and coming back with three points, so that's a real positive, because it's a tough place to go, isn't it, Twerton Park? Tough, tough place, yeah. Tough. Um, been there many a time, um, and especially in the, in the position they are and the way they're playing, and, you know, top, top, one of the top four guys, and only, let, only, um, only lost one game since the opening day of the season at home, and, yeah, they were flying. And obviously, you've added to your squad as well this week, bringing back Adam Coombs again. So I suppose it shows that you're still a work in progress, even though things are going well. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. We've always been looking for another forward. Um, when you consider the 21 goals we scored, uh, only four have come from forward. Uh, 17 have come from outfield, from, from, from not, not forward. So... Um, you know, we're scoring from everywhere else. We just need to get that ratio up. Although we've had um, Bradley out for three games now, in, injured, uh, he had a decent, you know, ratio three in six, which is one in two, which is good. Um, we still haven't we haven't scored enough in that department. And um, obviously, looking ahead to Saturday, you, you, you've got the FA Cup. Probably not the ideal trip to have to go to Hereford, is it? Um. Listen, it's going to be a tough, tough game. Um, I'm just, I'm just driving up there now to watch them. Um, they're away, at, they're away at Chester tonight. So, you know, we're, we're probably doing our homework. I know their league form isn't the greatest at the moment, but it's the FA Cup. Everything else goes out the window, you know. So the fact you're driving to Chester that shows that you're putting the miles in to make sure that, that it's a successful weekend for Welling. Yeah, we, we do our best. I, I don't want to leave no stone unturned. It's, it's what I do. I always do it. I've always done it. My, my whole career, I've always respected opposition and always go and watch them no matter where they are in the country. Um, it's such a huge game for the club. Um, you know, the finances that are available for these cup games now are, you know, doubled up from last year and they're immense. But it's, some, it's a competition that I hold very dear. Um, you know, I've been looking to, to have some great cup runs and yeah, I mean, obviously the FA Cup is, is something that does really put a non-league club on the map, doesn't it? And, and I guess, you know, if Welling can, can get through this round and then maybe even dream of getting into the first round and getting a league club, that's, that'd just be fantastic for everyone at the club, wouldn't it? Yeah, that's, that's you know, you should have been non-league manager, that's their, that's their goal. They would all love to get in the first round proper and then go from there, you know, you make it luck of the draw, etc, etc. But we've we, 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 we got to worry about this time now. We've got to get through this one, which is, like I said, It'll be tough to be two and a half thousand people there, some home soil, and the full guy goes out the window. It's just a one-off game. 
Yeah, and obviously the, the, the distance as well. I mean, it's, it's a long way to go. And I suppose any Welling fan who, who makes that trip on Saturday, you'll be well pleased with all of them. Oh, yeah. We're, 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 we respect the, you know, what the fans... And we had a group on uh, Saturday to Barber to way as well. You know, any fans that turn up, and you know, they're showing their commitment. And I'll make sure that the players give their commitment on the pitch, you know. Yeah, and just finally, what, what would make a successful season for, for Welly? You just want to keep on going, don't you? Yeah, listen, we haven't, we haven't set no targets. I've set my own personal goals, but as a group, you know, we, we said, can, can this group make the playoffs? And, mm. you know, that's our aim. Anything more would be a bonus, but, you know, our, our aim is to make the playoffs. So far, so so good. And there are only two points behind Billericke at the top of the table there, Matt. Brilliant start for Welling. Yeah, we said, we said at the start of the season, I thought they had a decent squad. And Steve King, we always, when I see him, if we've seen him a lot of games, I always look at his feet. He's always got a quality pair of shoes on, Steve King. He's always, every time I see him, I always look down at his feet. He's not the tallest man in the world, so you can't look down at him. And then, but he's a good manager, knows this level. Why talk when he came in back in the last season this level, if he'd been in a couple more weeks, he'd have kept him up when they were dead in, they had one up till Christmas. So, yeah. Good manager, brings players in. There seems to be an increase in budget at Welling as well. I don't know where that's sort of come from when they've got players in. Um, I expected them to do well. Two points off the top. He'll be absolutely delighted with that. Scoring goals. And previous seasons, they've started the season so badly, Welling, I think the last couple. They can, they're always playing catch-up on the player position. But now, after 11 games, they're in a very healthy position. And fair play to him. And, uh, you know, tough game against Terraford. I've mentioned it before. Hereford, one of the clubs I absolutely despise for some reason, just one of the clubs I just don't like. So hopefully they can go there and get a result. Um, it will be a, a big game because Hereford would have a big backing down there. But not willing not only to fear and a good test of the battle of between Conference South, Conference South and Conference North, I think that one. Yeah, yeah, I remember at the start of the season seeing the you know those obligatory team sheet pictures of a, of a Welling team and thinking, that's a serious team. I think I actually texted you or, or said on here, that's a serious side they've got there. They've got some really good players there at Parkview Road. And he still keeps adding to the squad as well. You heard me say there about Adam Coombs back for a third spell. You know, they're, they're not resting on this. And, and I think Welling have got a real chance of, of going all the way this season. Now, I think um, you've got to hope the likes of Billy and Rokin will be so scared to look at each other that Welling can come up on the inside. There's no reason why... The likes of Torquay haven't started too well. They're in a very healthy position. A good goal difference just behind. I, I think they've really got a, a good chance. If they can keep players fit, and Steve King, who does sort of, you know, he's one of these managers, again, who's done quite a few jobs. He does well for the first sort of you know, season, then it all goes wrong. So if you stick with him, stick with his methods, likes to bring in the players, he knows there's no reason why they can't do because everybody expecting Billericke and Woking Woke going through. There's no reason why Welling can't come up on the inside. Yeah, and that game at Hereford on Saturday, Hereford were, were beaten 3-0 at Chester City last night, um, which was interesting. But they've also appointed their new manager today, uh, or yesterday. Mark Richards from Gloucester City has gone to take over at Edgar Street. Um, so you was that the old striker, Mark Richards? Not that one, no. He played for the league. It's not him, no. No, not the, not the former Northampton striker, no. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is, but... New manager bounce, I suppose, Hereford will be hoping for on Saturday. And as you say, it'll be a big crowd. And we'll talk about the other two ties very shortly. But it's going to be a, a, a tough weekend for our three teams in the FA Cup. And, and none more, more so than Welling, who will be up against a big crowd. And, and we, ha we were talking there about the supporters and everything as well. You know, those Welling fans... Yeah, Hereford, 
we'll be up there. Yeah, it's a long way to go. Yeah, I've been to Hereford about three times, I think, and it is a trek. Lovely views when you get going nearly to it down there, but nothing to fear. Hereford, one of these sides, you think they should be in the football league, but they've gone bust twice, so uh, no disdain from them. And I felt I sorry for Peter Beadle. I thought Gillingham, man, who got sacked from that point of view, yeah, what do they expect? So, um, and to be honest, I thought they would go with a bigger name than Mark Richards. I've never lost the city, apart from having problems with the ground. Um, he's done a decent job there, but uh, yeah, it's a su- surprise appointment from that. But they've only got absolutely nothing to fear. And I think it, if you offered Steve King um, a replay now, he'd probably take your hand off. Yeah, and I'll just quickly say my stories about Edgar Street. I've been there twice, a nil-nil draw and a 6-1 win for Gillingham um, in my previous life when I supported Blimey. them. Um, and that, that season where they, they won... the biggest away win ever? I'm not sh- I think it might be, yeah. That, but that season they won 6-1 there and then in the home game back at Priestfield it finished 5-4. So if you wanted goals that season, probably only that season specifically, Hereford against Gillingham was the game to watch. Ah, interesting. Good luck, well. So, yeah, yeah, I despise Hereford. One of the clubs on the... I do have a list of John, a league table of clubs I despise. Hereford definitely in the top 10. Excellent. Um, Dartford were 2-1 winners over Western Supermare in the league on Saturday and they travelled to Oxford City this weekend in the Cup. Um, they're bringing in a lot of players, Dartford. They're, obviously, they've kind of raided Maidstone a little bit as well. They've brought in Jordan Winter and Andre Coker from there. And what I did find interesting was... oh. I saw a couple of messages or a couple of fans on Twitter responding to the new signing saying they're a little bit concerned about the turnover of players now they keep bringing in new players and not giving them a chance to settle. Yeah, I was quite surprised that um, they've gone down that route for players three months. They've had numerous players in. They brought off a lot of players in the summer, didn't they? Um, I don't know. Like I said, the heart, the core team, the Nobles, the Bradbrooks, etc. are still involved. Yeah, I'm quite surprised on that. Tony Berman... A bit like Chris Kinnear, he only brought players and he thought the team make the team better. For me, maybe the players that brought in are not going to benefit the team. It's just maybe to flesh out the numbers. And it could be that they're getting them on the cheap. That's one of the things that makes them want them off the wage bill. And they may be paying a small amount of wages on that. But yeah, I did think, um, I suppose they can both play in the cup, which is interesting as well. Yeah, I just felt that maybe uh, too many players are coming in and out of stuff. And I don't really... Yeah, even on looking at my point of view, we'll talk about David later. We could do it with a lot of new players, but I think Dartford was a bit of a, a growing side. Should maybe look at the call before they start doing that because what they're fifteenth, sixteenth in the league, so they need to move up the division. But yeah, I'm, I'm surprised as well. If the fans are thinking that, there seems to be a little bit of disharmony at Dartford. They, you know, they made a one at the weekend. The text we got when I was on the sports hub were saying, "Well, we're not playing well," so maybe. Um, Maybe the fans are just a little bit disheartened and maybe the constant rolling of new players, you can't really adjust to the team really and feel close to them. And that game at Oxford on Saturday, it's going to be tough for them. Obviously, Dartford got to the first round last year when they got a hiding, didn't they, by Swindon. But it's a big game for them. They'll want to progress, but a tough place to go as well, much like Welling. Yeah, I think Oxford, I think they had a decent cup run as well last year. They haven't started too well. They're below Dartford in the league. But yeah, I think they beat one of our boys in the last round, didn't they? Um, Craig, Craig Valley. Craig from yeah. Craig Valley, yeah. So, um, yeah, of course, they want it to be um, at home. It's going to be a tough one. I think that's a flip of a toy. Cliff, cliff of a coin, uh, tie that one. If they get through, that'll get a replay. They'll be absolutely delighted. Um, Ramsgate go to Hemel Hempstead, who are still without a, uh, a permanent manager after Dean Brennan left. But, Matt, for £100, can you tell me who, who Hemel Hempstead Town's goalkeeping coach is without Googling? 
And what, is your name? Oh, it's a name, mate. An old girlfriend. Ian Walker. Oh, you're quite right here, mate. It's Dimitri Karin. <laughs> really? Apparently so, uh, right, yeah, he was in... according, according to their website, Dimitri Karin is their goalkeeping coach. Um, Interesting. He's he a tracksuit bomb, do he, Dimitri Karin? No. Um, oh, so, Ramsgate, though. Chelsea. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, carry on, John. Sorry. Rams going to go to Hempstead on, on Saturday in the FA Cup. And we said last week with Lloyd Blackman that it might not be a bad time to play them. And I guess it, it still isn't not a bad time to play them. So it would be nice to um, to, to think that Ramsgate po- could possibly get a result. But it is going to be a big task for them, isn't it? It is. To me, you know, they went to Chelmsford and lost five or six last season. I think the gap between Devon Bostick South East and the conference South and Hamilton still have got some decent players in the squad. Could be a little bit of a, a test for Ramsgate, but they've got this far. You have to give them a round of applause from that. Still without a manager, still below Dartford in the league. Um, maybe they're going to think this is a gimme, um, but you know, it, it's going to be tough for Ramsgate. If any of our sides are going out, I'd like to bet on it, it'll probably say Ramsgate. And, but we spoke to Lloyd Blackman last week. Um, he knows what we want to do. I see they wanted their game about and um, called off this week, but Good old Devon Bostick South um, aficionados or officials said they couldn't do it, which I think is a bit of a farce. They've got to help their sides out. And they're the draw, didn't they? So, yeah, it's going to be tough against Hamill Hempstead. Hamill Hempstead, one of these sides have been skirting around the playoffs in the, in the Conference South. So, yeah, I just hope that maybe they're not as organised without a manager. Yeah, it's, 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 it's an interesting one. If this sounds a little bit disjointed, I should point out, I've just had to add, edit a massive chunk out where I'd looked up who the Hemel Hempstead manager was and got a, a story from about eight years ago when they were appointing someone old. So we've been a little bit thrown off uh, by that. But you mentioned as well there, Matt, the Devon Bostick League not turn, not throwing that game off. I don't know if you've seen the mudslinging that's gone on between now former Haybridge Swifts manager Jody Brown and, um, and, and the league after Brown walked out on his club last week and said the, the, the league didn't help them and, and so on and so forth. And the league have hit back and said, well, OK, then, mate, right you are. Um, but it is an interesting one. And I would have thought that game would have been called off that Ramsgate game on Tuesday night. But they drew 1-1 at Whiteleaf and they beat Sittingbourne on Saturday. As we're talking about, we'll stick with the Bossett League South East Division. Where Cray Wanderers are seven points clear at the top of the table, having won two one at VCD on Saturday. Phoenix Sports are third, having won five three at Guernsey on Saturday, but they did lose at Horsham on Tuesday night. Uh, changing coaching staff there as well at Phoenix, where Nick Davis, the former sitting ball manager, has joined the coaching team. Uh, massive win for Seven Oaks on Saturday as they beat Hythetown two 0 and Whitsville are also on the up. They beat Faversham two one. Um, that's Seven Oaks results, an absolute cracker, isn't it? Yeah, well, I think they really needed that, and I think. Uh... A really um, positive, positive time for Mickey Collins. Uh, I think he'll be delighted with that. They just can move on that and, and, and grow now and try and get some results. It's taken them a while, but we're now in October. The winter months are coming up. But yeah, Mickey Collins will be delighted for that. But I don't, I don't have any fears for Seven Oaks. They'll, they'll move up the table fine, but it's just maybe getting used to this division. Both Thames Mead and Ashford bowed out of the FA Trophy. Mead losing 3-1 at Didcot on Saturday and Ashford going down 3-0 at Haywards Heath on Tuesday in a replay after a 4-4 draw at Homelands on Saturday. Um, Tommy Warlow must be a little bit concerned, Matt. Bottom of the league, out of the trophy, out of the cup. It's not been a good start to the season for Thames Mead, has it? No, we always give respect to Tommy, what he's done in the divisions, what he's done in um, clubs before. But yeah... I think it's a bit of a struggle. We spoke to him, didn't they? They don't have a ground or anything like that to try and attract players. It's difficult. I haven't really got a, a focal point to work on. I don't and think Tommy's a good manager. press coverage either, which doesn't help them. Yeah, I think, yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
yeah, it's one of these things that you, you, don't, you don't hear much about them until the results of the weekend. And it must be hard for Tommy, who's did a wonderful job at Tunbridge Angels and thinking maybe yeah, he stayed there a little bit too long. He maybe could have gone on to improve himself uh, at a higher standard. He's come back now, yet somehow he's got to work on that and try and get out of it. But they're in a bit of a hole and yeah, and the club is in, in a difficult position. It's a difficult location anyway um, with a lot of clubs around him and maybe they're not paying the money and not getting money in. It's going to be a long, hard season for him. Yeah, this weekend in the league, uh, Thamesmead host Guernsey. Uh, elsewhere, it's Ashford against Three Bridges. Cray meet Faversham. Seven Oaks travel to East Grinstead. Sitting one go to Haywards Heath. Hythe and VCD meet at Reachfields. Uh, Phoenix host Whiteleaf and Whitster will take on Greenwich. In the Bossetley Premier Division, Tunbridge Angels still lead the way despite their first defeat of the season, going down 3-2 at home to Bishop Stortford. Their game at Kingstonian tonight, Wednesday, has been called off due to floodlight issues, which is also why Folkestone's game at the same venue on Saturday will kick off at 2pm. Where are Kingstonian playing these days? Uh, are they at Corinthian Casuals? Right, OK. So, yeah, problems for Corinthian Casuals as well, who obviously, they're, they're, I think the floodlights have failed some sort of safety um, test. So the floodlights are off at the moment at, the, at that stadium. So a bit of a blow for them, especially with them both playing there as well. Nobody else playing midweek games at the minute. Yeah, well, Kingstonian, you know, I feel sorry for Kingstonian because they have that nice ground where they were at Kings Meadow. Um, AFC Wimbledon came in. That's a totally different story, but they seem to have lost out. And I can't, you know, big club won the trophy a couple of times in the um, early 2000s and a good old-fashioned non-league club, but they're on their knees again. I'd be lucky, I expect, if they ever return to Kingstonian. Yeah, really, really sad that. Um, folks have had a bad week. They lost 3-2 at home to Brighton City Region on Saturday. There was 4-1 at AFC Hornchurch on Tuesday. While Margate lost 1-0 at home to Haringey Borough on Saturday, cue the online doom and gloom, before a 2-1 win at Carl Shortwood on Monday night. This weekend, Gate host Harlow and Angels are at home to Potters Bar Town. As we've already heard, Folkestone are away to Kingstonian. On to the Southern Counties East League now, where we're going to start in Division 1. We don't normally cover that much in, in Division 1 of the Southern Counties EC just because we had to draw the line somewhere um, if you didn't want us to be about doing a five-hour podcast every week. Um, but a couple of people have been in touch saying it'd be nice to hear a bit, little bit about Wellingtown, who have made a brilliant start to the season um, in the Southern Counties EC Division 1, um, the top of the league. And I thought it'd be a good opportunity to, to learn a little bit more about the club. So I spoke to the chairman, Kevin Oakes. Um, we've been going for just over four years. Um, we originally started out as a Sunday morning park team. Uh, myself, my brother, people I went to school with and used to play football with. And um, it's grown quicker than we could ever imagine. Uh, we've gone from a middle of the road Sunday morning team to a semi-professional ladder on a Saturday, which is um, yeah, we're very proud of and it's involved a lot of hard work from myself and, and many, many other people that I'm very grateful to them for helping out. Was that always the ambition when you started the club? No, not at all. Um, it was just, you know, recreational and enjoyment to begin with. But uh, once we got started and we started to progress, you know, we really wanted to see how far we could take it. And um, learning quite early that there was an opportunity to try and progress into um, the National League system um, if we could get our ground grading sorted out, we wanted to try and take advantage of that. And we didn't expect to be successful, but we're very glad that we were. So, so what leagues have you, have you won so far? Uh, on Saturday, we went into the Kent County Division 3 West. We got promoted out of the first season. We finished in second place. And then last year, we won Kent County Division 2. Um, and then we made the 
three league jump into um, Southern Counties East Football League. And and obviously so far it's it's going very very well, isn't it? What ten games played, you're unbeaten and you're top of the league by eight points. Yeah, and um, we've got Iris and Belvedere on Saturday at their place, and they're the only other unbeaten team in the division. So um, it should be an interesting weekend coming up. And and, and the team itself, uh, there's a few names that I know in there, but it, it looks to me like you've just got something that, that, that's working really, really well. Yeah, I mentioned in another interview I did last week that at our level of football, you get a lot of players and management that come and go and they tend to have two, three, four clubs a season, a bit of a revolving door. I think we've managed to convince a lot of people to step down 18 months ago to Kent County League football from the level that we're at now because they wanted to be part of a a project and and try and stick with a club and have a proper... um, family type environment uh, without sounding too cheesy um, we've kept almost everybody that was part of our success last year we've hit the ground running this year with a team that know each other really really well and they're used to winning every week and um, I'd like to think you know, that that's helped contribute to the big start of the season we've had and, and obviously I, I guess the, the nice thing is you, you are fully focused on the league aren't you because you, you've not got any FA Vars or FA Cup or anything so you, you can really give give as good a shot as you can at this league Yeah it's disappointing not to be included in those competitions I think um, the deadline for application obviously came before we knew that we were going to be in the Southern Counties and um, I'm sure that's frustrating for the other clubs that got promoted with us um, but yeah we, we're in the, the League Cup Um we're not in the FA Vars or, or the FA Cup, so we haven't got as many games to play. We've got quite a big squad, so it should be a little bit easier to um, to do well in the league, you would think. Less games, less injuries and suspensions and things like that. And you're playing at Bayless Avenue at the moment, aren't you? Correct, yeah. Is that your permanent home or are you trying to sort of get around somewhere else? Um we want our own facility in the future, yeah, but I would imagine that's a good three, four, five years away. Um, I think to try and be sustainable at that level of football, you do need to generate income off the pitch. You know, with bar takings and things, we're not able to do that at the moment. But um, we've come a long way very, very quickly. We don't really want to take on too much all at once. I think at the moment um, we're at the highest level the club's ever been and we're doing quite well. We don't want to rock the boat. I think just a, a bit of stability over the next year or two is probably sensible. This is almost like a, a football manager style dream, isn't it? Just taking over a club with absolutely <laughs> nothing and trying to turn it into something and, and pushing it up. Um, yeah, I mean, as I said earlier, I, I couldn't have anticipated it. We, you know, we were confident that we would do well, but um, yeah, it's been uh, it's been everything that you could only dream of, and hopefully that continues for as long as possible. And, um, and what are the eventual ambitions? I mean, obviously this season you, you, you'd like to win the league and get into the Scaffold Premier. How far do you think you can take this club? Yeah, getting out of this division this year is uh, the priority, really. If that doesn't happen, we'll obviously sit down and have a chat about why not and, and make sure that we have another bloody good go at it next year. Um, if we are fortunate enough to get into the Southern Counties Premier um, this year or next year, then obviously I think we need to stabilise at that level. There's a lot big clubs in there with some serious money that have been going a lot longer than us and they've got the off-field support that we haven't got at the moment, you know, support base and sponsors and um, committee members and things that we, we 
because we've progressed so quickly, it is run by a very, very small team of people. Um, and everybody has to take on a lot of additional work. Uh, you know, so the manager at our club isn't just the manager. You know, he's having to get involved with other things that he wouldn't do if he was at another club because um, we haven't got the support network. So growing that over a year or two is important, I think. Yes, it's almost like you, you've grown on the pitch a lot quicker than you have off it. And I guess you now need the off the pitch stuff to sort of catch up a bit. Correct, yeah, spot on. That's exactly what we need. So um, I've said in a few other interviews as well, if there are people out there that are interested in local football at our level, we do need administrators, secretaries, treasurers, um, committee members, just people helping out on match day. Uh, and obviously supporters as well. You know, we play good football and, and we're winning at the moment. Um, come down and watch and see what we're all about. And I suppose, uh, I'm guessing at the moment you've just got a first team, have you? Or are you looking to bring in other things as well, like youth sections and stuff like that down the line? No, that's already in place. Oh, yeah, cool. um, We've got uh, seven teams now. Uh, so running, I'm sure anyone listening to this will know, running a football team is extremely time-consuming. Running seven is uh, not impossible to keep everybody happy. So we've got... Um, we've got the first team, we've got a reserve side, we've already got an under-23s as well, um, two Sunday teams, and we've got an under-14s and an under-11s. Uh, so, yeah, a lot of progression, not just with the first team, a lot of progression in a very short space of time. And I suppose, obviously, you know, you, you are a sort of new name. There is another Welling. Funny enough, I was just on the phone to Welling United <laughs> manager Steve King as well. So um, it's a bit of a Welling special this week's podcast for some reason. But um, I, I guess you, you, you need to be making yourselves out there and, and just getting yourselves on the map. And, and t- chatting to me is obviously hopefully going to help you a little bit. But it, it is hard, isn't it, when you've come from nothing to, to get yourself out there? Yeah, um, ironically, I'm a um, Welling United supporter from as long as I... I've been able to walk. My granddad used to take me there as a little boy. Um, we're obviously playing at their ground this weekend, but we take one here in Belvedere, so that will be a, a proud moment for myself and, and my family. Um, yeah, getting our own ground at some point is the next real big hurdle, and I think once we do that, we can hopefully start um, building links with local communities and, and businesses. Um, it's going to be a long, long time before we get anywhere near the level that well and United are playing at, but that has to be the dream. And two years ago, we dreamt of being where we are now, and, and we made it. So we're, we keep setting ambitious targets. So, so what was the thinking behind the, the club being called Welling Town? What, did, did, was there nowhere else you could sort of latch on to to give yourself your own different identity from them? Um, there's some weird and wonderful football team names in Sunday football and, and lower down the ladder. Um, I've lived in Welling all my life. I run a business in Welling. I, I support Welling United. So just seemed natural to have Welling involved. Um, so, yeah, Welling Town, Welling City, whatever it was going to be, wasn't too difficult to, to decide. And just finally, I suppose you'd like to say to everyone, you know, come and give us a pro- give us a try. We're playing at Bayless Avenue, and it'd be nice to see as many people as possible to come along to games for the rest of the season. Yeah, we've had a lot of ground hoppers already because I think people are sort of who is this club? I haven't heard of them. We've had um, people from as far as Stockport come down to watch us who've got no link to the club. Um, so, yeah, if, if you are out there, if you're local, if you live in the London borough of Bexley, um, then please do come down and, and check us out. Yeah. What story that is, mate? Just started as a Sunday League team, managed to get a few promotions, and now they're looking at possibly being in the Southern Counties East League Premier Division next season. Yeah, that's I think how Welling United, their sort of bigger brother, started, didn't it, back in the day in the 60s, 
came through from that point of view, what level they've been up to now. So you mentioned what they played Bayless Avenue. Where's Bayless Avenue? Uh, it was Thamesmead's ground, so it's um, it's just oh, this right side. There. Yeah, I've been there. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's just this side of the bridge, isn't it? Up, up sort of going past Dartford and, and, and up that sort of way. A nice little yeah. stadium actually, and, and very good for that level. Well, it very flows, isn't it? You're right by the motorway. I think the cars keep going past on that sort of thing. Yeah, it's an interesting story. And I think you, the point you made about it being um, like a championship manager thing. No, it is. Fair play, you know, running a Sunday league club, getting people to come every week from there. But then building this up to the level they are now, eight points clear, scoring goals for fun in that division. That's a fantastic achievement. Richard Dimmock's the manager. They've got Ryan Golding. I think he's an absolute goal-scoring legend in the in the. Scaf- in the uh, lower leagues, isn't he? So they've got good players coming in. The world is the oyster, and he was quite subdued. Though. I, I quite liked it. And he said, "There's, there's going to be a point they're going to hit their level when they haven't got the income coming in. Maybe getting promoted back with the level next up to see what they do." Because we saw K Sports who struggled a little bit, Punjab as well. It'll be interesting to see from that point of view. But fair play to this folks, Kevin has got a dream to take the club through it and seen it grow. Why not? And that's how. Some of these clubs kicking through in a few years' time, you could be seeing a lot more of these clubs. People want to do their own football team. So, yeah, fair play to him. And I really hope that works out for him. And, you know, he's got his own job, but it must be able to take a lot of time and effort to get that going. All those promotions. Now, how can they get promoted three divisions? Is it one of these, can you get to a level if you want to go up three divisions? You can do, is it? I think so, yeah. When you're that extra couple of levels down, I think that's what you need to do. You need to sort of push... Just, just you know, if, if you're too good for the league, for the leagues below, they actually use a bit of common sense, I think. And you know, once you get into the national league system, obviously things are different. But when you're outside of that system, then it's absolutely fine. And yeah, it was very interesting to to chat to to Kevin, and we had a bit of a chat as well off the record. And he's putting a lot of time into that club as as well. He's he's self employed as well, so um, he is a man who is working very hard. And and also we should say congratulations to him because he's actually just become a dad as well. So it really is non-stop for Kevin at the moment. And you've got to say fair play to the fella because he's obviously got a dream there about Welling. And it was interesting how he said about being a Welling United fan and how much he's looking forward to seeing his team play at, at Parkview Road on Saturday. But, um, you know, that, that guy's putting an awful lot into making that, that club a success. And, you know, I wish I had the time to to dedicate to that. It's bad enough trying to find an hour to do a podcast with you, Matt. Well, an hour to get on Championship Manager, bringing me dream out there, but funny you see that that is the ultimate dream of that, isn't it? So I'd probably still pick myself up front, John. I'll give myself 10 minutes here and there just to show the magic I've still got. Excellent. Um, in the Southern Counties East League Premier Division, Beckenham can go eight points clear on Wednesday night when they host Irith Town, having made it eight from eight by beating Hollands and Blair on Saturday. And I tell you what, if you wanted goals last weekend, the scaffold was the place to go. 41 goals in the 10 games, including a 4-3 win for Beerstead at Lordswood and a 7-0 win for Chatham at Rustle. Rustle were one of only two of the 20 teams in the division who didn't score on Saturday. Um, you know, nice and quiet good, there. Good for you, both teams have scored bets there. Well, indeed. I don't, I don't think they quite come down that far. But. Well, well, if I did bet on that, it would probably all go wrong anyway. So that's my bet. So I, I had one typical this weekend when I was on the radio. Because I, I was on the presenting with the show, I had more time to check bets, of course, <laughs> um, with the thing from there. And, of course, about 70 minutes, I was still waiting on two goals, but I could cash out for about a fiver from my pound bet. But, of course, if I'd let it run through... I'd have won £60 on a pound bet. So that sums up my day on Saturday, really. So 
by sporting day, footballing day. So um, there you go. Yeah. And the more goals on Tuesday night in that league as well as BSC won another thriller. David Baranowski scoring late on to see off Tom Israel's 3-2, while Lourdes would also beat Punjab United 2-0 on Tuesday night. Uh, this weekend, very quick one down the fixtures. BSC against Russell, Canterbury against Croydon, who still haven't got a point. Uh, Chatham at home to third place deal. Corinthian host leaders Beckham. It's Cray Valley against Hollands and Blair. Irith host Crowborough. Fisher meet K-Sports. Lordswood host Glebe. Uh, Sheppey meet AFC Croydon and Tunbridge Wells host Punjab. And that just leaves us with the one division. And we keep leaving it till last. I don't know why. I, I think it's mainly because Matt doesn't want to talk about it. Um, the National League. Bromley drew 2-2 with Halifax. Um, Maidstone drew 1-1 with Chesterfield. Ebbsfleet with 3-1 winners away at Dagenham. And someone else lost, Matt. An- another defeat. And I- I've got to take some blame for this one, to be honest, because I was out and about on Saturday. I wasn't even in the county. And uh, I-, I managed to get the sports hub through, the- through one of the apps in my car. Turned it on. Uh, at that time, Gillingham were winning. Uh, Dover were nil-nil. Bromley were winning. Maidstone were winning. And within about five minutes, it had all changed. Bromley were drawing. Dover were two-zip down. Gillingham were drawing. Maidstone were drawing. I, I feel like it was my fault. Well, not, not, not your fault at Cravel. It was the worst of the bunch this season against a Barrow side who weren't very good. To be honest, I haven't seen, you know, a decent real side this season. Now, we might see it at the weekend. But again, Dover huffed and puffed. They made Barrow look like Brazil by letting them have the ball. But it, it was very, very poor. And even Chris Kinnear, who's very backing of his players, thought, it would be pretty poor from there. To be honest, I, I thought it would be the end of Chris Kinnear on Saturday. Um, Jim Parmenter and the directors were, were, were sculling around. They had a meeting as well, thinking about it. But Chris Kinnear, as of Wednesday at half past one, he's still hanging on to his job. Um, so, something's got to give sooner rather than later. The next two games are tough. Salford at home on Saturday. It, it will be a major shock if David gets something out of that game. Uh, Salford on the right roll, and then you got Harrogate away. So, did a bit of canary. I'm going through this debate again, but maybe you don't give a new manager um, Salford and Harrogate, and maybe they'll try and keep somebody in. Or they've struggled to get a new manager in. That could be the other thing. If you look at when Jim Palmer has got the manager before, he sacked the manager, and within a couple of hours, uh, a new manager has been appointed. So, I really hope it works. Have a canary. Somehow, somehow they can get a result against Salford, but Saturday was pretty. Pathetic, to be honest. Very, very poor. Um, and, and that's probably the lowest of the low. And really, hope it can go up there. Barrow weren't any good, but David made them look like Brazil, which is really shocking. And at the moment, we're still going down, John. I still sound depressed about it, don't I? The thing is, though, Matt, you, you keep telling me that all these teams that are beating Dover are rubbish. Um, <laughs> I'm saying rubbish. I haven't been impressed with them. But we saw Solihull. They they were they were terrible when they beat when they beat you the other week, and then they beat Bromley five zip. <laughs> um, so what I'm going to say to you here is. Is are these teams just doing enough to beat Dover because Dover are so bad at the moment? That, that, that could be the good point. Yeah, that could be because Dover don't have many shots on target. So the goalkeeper, you know, doesn't need to wash his kit after the game. To be honest, at the moment, because we're not testing the goalkeeper because we're absolutely powder puffing in, in, in the attacking third. So and maybe I, I'm looking at you know the good Dover side probably a year two years ago. I know would have absolutely beaten these sides. I think because. The extra quality was there. So, yeah, Dover are poor. Maybe he's doing a set to Barrow. He's got a couple of good goals. And they play a good thing. But there's no, there's no impetus and there's no tempo and there's nothing in that Dover side to turn it around. And unless they can get more players in before the weekend, you know, 
and could be a cricket score against Salford, really. He could score one of the sides and, you know, yeah, at the moment, it's all for the top of the league and it'd be interesting to see if they ever come off top of the league. I'm just pondering whether to let you get away with it. No, I'm not going to let you get away with it. Could be a cricket score is my least favourite footballing analogy. I'm not having it. I'm not having it, Matt. Well, I suppose, uh, well, I suppose cricketing score ends in 300 for one, I suppose. Not for noughts a cricket score. Not for one's a cricket score. I'm taking that out. So whatever, whatever happens, it's going to be a cricket score. It could be naught for five. But I don't care. It's a cricket score, whatever happens. Uh, I'm really rattled that case today. So, yeah, but, well, hopefully it won't be. Well, it will be a cricket score, but hopefully a, a decent, decent one anyway. But yeah, we'll, we'll go into it with... Well, I'll go to... I'll wander up there. But there's been no optimism because nobody is expecting us to get the result. What odds? I don't know. Well, while you talk, I want to Google the odds of Dover beating Salford. Okay. Yeah, on my work network. Yeah. Okay, very good. Well, he, while he looks that up, I'm going to tell you that he said the other day he'd sorted out his press pass forward Dover's win over Salford, um, which uh, was very interesting. And, and some of the responses to that were, were somewhat um, not favourable, shall we say. Um, but it's going to be a, a tough one for them. Also looking at the other fixtures on Saturday, um, Ebbsfleet are home to Harrogate. And it's a Kent Derby. Uh, I think they called it El Plastico last year. Maidstone against Bromley. So that'll be a, an interesting test for Harry Wheeler. I know he's desperate to get a home win um, under his belt. Obviously, they were held by Chesterfield on Saturday. And, and the turnover of players, we've already mentioned a couple have gone to Dartford. I think it's been pretty much six in, six out so far for Wheeler. Um, he's obviously had another week on the training ground to sort his team out. And he'll be hopeful they can get a result. But Bromley, as we know, are a dangerous side, aren't they? Yeah, interesting. Bromley, the, the, the board of directors did a sort of thing for the supporters the last couple of days to see how they're getting on. And uh, I think it was quite, I think, that the, the, um, the new standard hasn't worked out as much as it would. But yeah, I think Bromley... Uh, I think that's a game again for Maidstone. Maidstone have done well, seven points out of the last three. Bromley are going to be one of the sides in and around it. You look at the National League table, you're thinking that's the top two thirds and there's a bottom three third, and that will be a win for the end of the season. So a win for Maidstone there would really, I think, um, give them extra confidence. It's going to be tough, but I still think that Neil Smith will turn it around at Bromley. They just have one of those things, scoring late, conceding late and not being that consistent. So, yeah, but they did that result against Ebsley. You'd expect them to beat Halifax. So, yeah, I think it's a good mark, good stick to where these sides will be coming into the season. Found your odds yet? No, it's blocked to the work. Gambling's blocked to work. So I don't know <laughs> if you can do it on yours. Well, I'm at home, so I'll have, a, I'll have a quick look for you. So, um, just while you're... Do you, well, I'll tell you what, obviously you're at uh, Dover Salford on Saturday, so are you looking forward to seeing Salford City, who obviously are one of the favourites for the league? Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see the likes of uh, Adam Rooney and the players they've got. They've recruited well. Um, more interesting to see how many fans they bring. I, I'm not expecting that many because uh, they get decent gates. Do they, the hardcore fans would be who've been going for years will probably go to Dover, unless they've got some Man United fans who. Uh, don't like Man United anymore coming to watch them. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting how they line up. You know, Dover might as well go for it against Salford because nobody's expecting them to win because you're going to tell me the odds are as... Roughly like, three to one, actually. I thought they might be a bit longer, to be honest. Oh, I, yeah, I thought a bit longer than that. What's, uh, yeah. Well, I was expecting at least six to one. So, um, yeah, no, we'll, we'll go there. Well, we've nothing to lose, John. I could be doing myself a disservice. But again, if, if Salford go, um, you know, not rack up a cricket score but win two or three nil, it's difficult to see you think how Chris Kinnear can survive that as well. Well, indeed. Well, that's pretty much it for this week's Kent Non-League podcast. Um, I've had great fun in this one, I'm sure. Um, 
but uh, yeah it's been another good show and thanks very much to the two uh, the two wellings for giving up their time and thanks all of you for listening as always you can get in touch with us on social media we're on twitter at kent nl podcast and on facebook we're at kent non-league um i'm on twitter i'm at john phipps 81 and matt is at matthew underscore Gerard, um, I won't be at a game this weekend. I will be, in fact, going out having several beers with some of my friends in London. Uh, Matt will be at Dover against Salford. Not too sure yet when we'll be with you next week. We're, we will be with you at some point, I promise, even if it's just a very, very short um, clip. But yeah, all that remains to say is thanks so much for listening and we shall speak to you all next week. I'm putting a month on the lights to win 3 now.